Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast with your host, MJ. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with me today. Before I get to the rest of today's episode, I'd like to give my usual customary shout-out to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games online at ggportland.com. On today's episode, I'm going to be giving you a few of my quick takes about the brand new cards that were spoiled this morning as part of the Wizard stream announcement for the new Metal Set Call Time. Again, I'm going to be talking about a few of the cards that were revealed in the stream earlier, so if you do not want to be spoiled, this would probably be a good time to pause this podcast and come back at a later time when the set is revealed. Again, I just wanted to give you fair warning before I began talking about the cards in the set. Now, let's get to the cards. First of all, before I even get to the cards, I just really want to talk about how much I love this design space. Again, the fact that the set is based on metal, based on North myth- Norse mythology, is really, really awesome. If not, a little bit problematic, but we can get into that later. Um, what I really enjoy about the set is that it's basically bringing another bit of uh, human history into the magic realms. Again, a lot of the sets in the past years have worked a lot with these sorts of historical societies, and I find that this is a very interesting way to bring yet another society, another ancient culture in this way, to in, into being as far as a Magic the Gathering plane. So I really enjoy the fact that they're trying some new design space that's based on some some old themes, some you know some some re, some pre-existing tribes that have a lot of travel support and are going to be getting more support in the set, as well as some tribes that really never got any support before or um, uh, have kind of been underrated for a bunch of years and are potentially going to be able to reach some sort of renaissance through the set. So it's going to really be interesting to see how they uh, play around with uh, with everything available in the mythology and the fact that it's really uh, th- that they've gone in with the metal theme and they and you know mixed in with the with the reveal this morning is a very interesting design space that I'm I'm really excited to see what they can do with. Moving on to the cards, I was really excited when I heard that they were going to be releasing a snow land, a snow basic land in each draft booster pack. Again, snow lands have kind of been coming off and on through the history of Magic. I think they were last released in Modern Horizons in 2019. Again, uh, that's a set I never really got into because, again, the price point per pack was fairly high and I wasn't willing to pay that. Um, but the, the fact that we're going to be able to have Snowlands in every draft booster pack will hopefully mean that the cost of those, well, again, kind of low already because basic lands, again, are not extremely expensive unless they're older, unless they have some kind of special print or something like that. But the fact that they're going to be available in a standard draft booster pack means that they'll be much more available in the secondary market, and hopefully I'll be able to eventually bling out one of my commander decks using uh, using some Snowlands. So I'm really excited to, to be able to see the price of those hopefully go down, and hopefully be able to see the proliferation of Snowlands uh, going forward in future sets. Another thing that I really enjoyed about the, about the reveal was the fact that we're going to be having a whole cycle of Snow Dual Lands. Again, these are lands that come in all ten of the guild color, of, so the two color pairings, and they all come in to play tapped, but with the interesting caveat that all of them have the basic land types. So again, we're going to have everything. We're going to have each of the ten combinations is going to have a version in this set. So again, every 
every deck that uh, runs at least two colors in Commander can run one of these, especially if you have some kind of interesting snow sub-theme. Because again, you can find this with a fetch land, you can crack fetch land, or you know use Fable Passage, whatever, and you can get these out into play. They do come in tapped again, so it's not exactly reprinting the shock lands or anything. It's, it's not anywhere near that powerful. But if you have some interesting snow synergies in your deck, um, these are a perfect way to be able to get uh, dual dual option in your deck without having to really break the bank. And they come into common, which is extremely interesting, and will definitely be something that will probably shake up the, the popper community uh, in the near future here. The second big takeaway that I got from, from the reveal today is the fact that changelings are going to be playing a huge role in this set. Now, changelings are a creature type that effectively have all creature types. It's printed directly on the card. So it's going to be interesting to not only see how these work in the limited environment, say for a pre-release that hopefully I'll be able to get around to doing when the set comes out, but it'll also be interesting to see how these changelings will go into other decks, especially tribal decks. I currently have a human tribal deck that I really like, and I... And I'm definitely looking for more pieces to throw in there, and any kind of awesome changeling that I can get in there uh, with a really good game-breaking effect, or, you know, it doesn't have to be game-breaking, but just with a really solid ETV, or, you know, just the fact that it, it plays in the tribal synergies really helps, especially when it's in the colors. So I really enjoy bringing changelings in, because it definitely allows you to kind of mix things up. You're not, if you're stuck in a tribe that it doesn't necessarily have a whole ton of support, you now potentially have a whole bunch more options to be able to throw into your deck, which hopefully improves the overall quality of that tribe. So if you're really trying to get into tribal tribal synergies, and again, you, these don't even have to be complete tribal decks, but if you have some kind of interesting tribal sub-theme going on, if your commander works with a typical kind of uh, kind of tribe, again, these changelings may be what exactly what you're looking for. So definitely take a look at these when you're cracking packs, buying singles, whatever, because they should be a very good addition to a lot of decks. The third thing I wanted to quickly touch a base on here were, were the amazing Planeswalkers that have been revealed for the set. Again, we just got a new Tybalt today, again playing uh, the, the role of the Loki from Marvel's universe, effectively masquerading as a god to be able to create mischief and, you know, do, do some interesting things. And again, Tybalt's been a big villain in the, in the lore for the last many years here, and it'll be interesting to see how exactly he plays into the story. Uh, especially since his card is actually rather powerful. Yes, it is seven mana, in, but it is a modal double-faced card. I think I got that right. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'll be interesting to see how this is used in Commander, especially given the fact that um, you also have a very interesting double side on there as a god for one in a black, which has a very relevant ability to be able to clone creature cards, especially in black. Again, this is not something that black normally does much of. This is typically blues territory. So it'll be interesting to see how exactly they play around with that. With the fact that you can effectively have a God of Lies on one side and then have Tybalt, who also has some really interesting synergies, exiles your opponent's graveyards and everything, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I'm also really interested in the new Nico card. Um, again, what's interesting about this one is it's the new Azorius Planeswalker. Uh, cost X, a white and blue-blue, so Azorius plus an extra blue and X. And uh, when it enters the battlefield, you create X number of shard tokens, which effectively are kind of like a clue token on steroids. You get to scry one and then draw a card for the exact same cost as a clue token. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, impacts the community, especially 
especially in colors, uh, you know, again, blue obviously has a lot of really good card draw, but white doesn't always have the options to do that. So you're going to be able to draw a whole bunch of cards off uh, off this Planeswalker. It'll be interesting to see how this pushes the design space. And again, I don't want to leave out the new Kaya card. That looks amazing. The art is even better. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how that pushes the Orzhov color pairing. Fourth thing I wanted to touch on today was the fact that Vorinclex is apparently on call time for some reason. Again, we haven't seen the Frexians in quite a while, so this is going to be interesting to see how exactly that fits into the story. And also kind of makes you wonder this juncture, how exactly Vorinclex got to call time? I mean, did, did get lured by a, you know endless soup and salad and breadsticks at Olive Garden or something? I, I don't know. But it'll just be interesting to see how that goes forward. Again, I really love the Vorthos. I love the lore Magic Gathering. And it'll be interesting to see how exactly the Frexians are able to get to call time and if uh, someone will eventually be able to stop the Frexians from invading a plane as they completely destroyed Mirrodin, or if you look at it in a different way, completed Mirrodin. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, translates in, into the call time story which I haven't had the opportunity to read the first episode on the Mothership yet, but I am definitely looking forward to taking the time here real soon to rectify that problem. Fifth thing is that I am really enjoying the showcase cards. If you haven't had an opportunity to see some of the newly revealed cards today, definitely take the time to do so because the art is amazing. There's always been a lot of amazing artists working on Magic the Gathering, but I think they've really outdone themselves for this set. A lot of the showcase cards, especially the Tybalt card, and uh, some of the other some of the other really powerful cards are just stunning. So definitely take a look at those if you get the chance. Again, they may be rather expensive uh, here real soon, especially when the set drops. It may be very difficult to find those cards. So again, I'm, I'm not here to give you buying advice, but if you really want one of these cards, I would suggest you probably try to buy it as quickly as possible before the sh price shoots way up. And the last thing I want to touch on quickly today is the fact that modal double-faced cards are also going to be returning in the set as they did in the Zendikar Rising set for double-faced lands. Again, hopefully these provide some level of flexibility in the fact that they can be either land type. They do come in tapped, so there are some issues. And their yes, their use is somewhat limited, but again, they're just a very interesting... Uh, interesting exercise in flexibility for commander decks, especially two or three colors, where again, you're always trying to fix your lands, so it's always nice to be able to have the choice of which side to be able to play on. However, again, since these do come in tapped, I feel like they, they are somewhat capped, so it'll be interesting to see how much of the, how many of these MDFC cards are going to be lands, and how many of them are going to be the highly popular uh, modal cards that have a land type on one side, and uh, some sort of spell on the other side, which again I do believe to be much more powerful than just the, the dual uh, modal lands. And that'll about do it. I think I've probably chatted your ear off long enough, so if you've liked what you've heard, definitely look me up on Twitter at, at MTG in quarantine. I'm on there every day, so don't hesitate to shoot me a DM or at me on Twitter in a message. It's always appreciated, and I really look forward to, to talking to y'all in the near future. If you want to find the back catalog of my of previous podcast episodes, you can find those anywhere where fine podcasts are found, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Casts. I really hope that you enjoyed my quick take on Call Time.
and that you, like me, will be extremely excited to see more as the set is fully revealed and hopefully we'll be able to enjoy it when the full set comes out in whatever capacity we can. That'll about wrap up today's episode. Thanks for listening in. You've been listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. I'm your host, MJ. Have a great rest of your day. And shred on.